You're listening to Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun, a Utah Lake Commission podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun podcast. My name is Sam Brager, your podcast host and the uh, programs manager for the Utah Lake Authority. And in today's episode, we are talking about the water supply update. Now, this is a report that uh, Central Utah Water Conservancy District uh, publishes regularly. I think it's on a quarterly basis, if I remember correctly. Um, And it's available on their website. Um, We'll include the link in the show notes, but uh, the link we share, you can use the same link for the newest report each time. It auto-updates with that link. Um, So this uh, report is as of uh, March 1st, so uh, just two weeks ago. Um, uh, so some of the information might be a little outdated, obviously, some of the numbers I say, uh, but you can check other sources online um, to look for updated information as well. So to start it off, just to sum it up, they actually, I love that they put a tweet from the uh, Northwest region, uh, the National Weather Service um, here for Salt Lake City, or I should say it's the Na- National Weather Service for Salt Lake City Twitter account. And they said that the meteorolo- me- uh, the meteorological winter, which is December through February, across our area featured largely below normal temperatures and above normal precipitation and snowfall. No big surprise there, right? Anybody who is here during wintertime knows that was probably the case. The last time that Salt Lake City saw precipitation or water equivalent this high was in the winter of 2003 to 2004. So we're talking about basically 20 years almost, 19 years since we've seen uh, this much precipitation. So then it actually included, I thought it was kind of cool, some some numbers talking about the winter. Um, and this is in regards to Salt Lake International Airport because they have a weather station out there. Um, the average temperature from December to February was 33 degrees Fahrenheit, which is 0.4 degrees uh, Fahrenheit below normal um, for the high. Oh, sorry, that was the average temperature for the coldest it got, 9 degrees Fahrenheit. That was on January 30th of this year. The warmest it got during that time period was actually two days after Christmas, December 27th, and that was 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, For total precipitation, it was 6.45 inches, and that is 2.32 inches above normal. So that's huge, huge. That's a third of how much we got this year. Again, that's just crazy. Total snowfall for Salt Lake area was 54.3 inches, which is 18.8 inches above normal. So a very, very wet winter. We're going to talk some more about that as we come in, but a great summary up front to kind of help you see some some comparisons. Now, what I love about this, this report that they do is it is a story map. And so there's lots of great graphs and some of them are interactive. And so you can look at comparisons and other information. Um, so they actually show... Uh, the uh, areas of the the entire U.S. Um, ranking them since 1895 on their precipitation. So comparing this year uh, since 1895. So our region, Utah, kind of ranges everywhere from this year is the wettest year, uh, expanding out to the top, I would say, I think the lowest we hit was some regions, it was the top 25 wettest, but the majority of the state was the wettest year since 1895, to maybe the top 10 wettest years, depending on which region of the state you're looking at. And you can check in that. So for instance, right around Salt Lake, I think it was the wettest to top five wettest in 128 years. 
So really, really good precipitation. Really glad to see that that's coming in. And uh, we hope that with the continued improvements at the state level and local levels as they're managing the precipitation coming in, um, conservation efforts that are happening, that that will continue to provide more water for our state in this drought. Um, there was also some information on the statewide precipitation ranks. So how fa- how we rank this year across the entire period. Um, so for the state of Utah, it was much above average, is what they considered it um, across the so averaging out the whole the whole state, it was a much above average uh, ranking. And I can get a little bit confusing, um, but it's a little bit easier to see in the graph when you go take a look at it. It's a, or not the graph, the depiction of the United States. Um, it also has information on seasonal snowfall and some other graphs you can check out too. So some information about the drought. So for a drought update, National Weather Service posted that while much of Utah still remains in drought conditions, we continue to see improvement. At the beginning of the water year, which is October, 96% of Utah was in at least a severe drought, D2, and there's different classifications of the drought. That number is now 49%. So only 49% of Utah is in at least a severe drought. So a significant improvement. That's almost cut in half um, what the status is of the, the state. So then one of the little sliders, the interaction ones I was telling you about, you can actually look at the drought monitor comparing last year to this year for our region. We're called the Colorado River States region. So that's California, Nevada, Utah, um, Idaho, or not Idaho, excuse me, uh, I think it's South, South Nebraska, Wyoming, New Mexico, and Arizona, if I remember correctly. So you can actually click the slider and you can look. March 1st, 2002, just how bad things look. There's a lot of red, a lot of orange for those drought levels. And you're already starting to see a, a significant change in that. So we're really grateful right now to see where we're at at this time of year versus last. So let's, let's be honest. We're, we're not looking at, you know, summertime versus winter. We're looking at, you know, March 1st of 2022 versus February 28th of 2023. And there's a significant improvement in the status of the drought. So really happy to see that. Um, in our uh, region around Salt Lake, so relevant to Utah Lake itself, uh, comparing that same time frame, um, we were, I believe... Let's see, Salt Lake County, Utah, and Wasatch were all in the severe drought. And this year, most of Utah County, well, about half of Salt Lake, most of Utah, and most of Wasatch have now decreased to um, moderate status. So we've gone up one tier in improving. So really great to see that. Um, And some of the other adjacent counties have done even better, uh, like Duchesne and and Uinta and uh, Juab. Um, lots of great charts, uh, tons of interesting information you can look at from the National Weather Service talking about the drought and what you can learn there. Um, next, they go into soil moisture. So this is, uh, there's a great chart on here that you can click on and, and interact with, um, but it's explaining the depth of the average soil saturation in the Pearl River, Utah Lake, Jordan River Basin. So you can actually look, and I think the chart compares, let's see, I think it goes annually from 2020 excuse me, 2023, all the way back to 2016. And it also has some minimums and maximums and medians across the time period that they take it. Uh, But you can look at uh, 2023. um, We're, let's see, across those, let's see, what is that? The last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, last eight years. As of right now, there's only, I want to say two, maybe three years in the last eight years that uh, have a better so- or a higher soil saturation. 
Um, so we're on the, a, a steady increase is what it's been. Um, and you'll notice on the chart that uh, there'll be a spike, obviously, as uh, uh, spring runoff starts. So we'll see how that chart goes. But it's good to see that our numbers are going back up in the soil saturation categories as well. Moving on from that, uh, February, some more recent weather highlights, um, kind of in the latter part of February. There's some great information on peak winds, on uh, miles per hour on that, the minimum wind chill. Uh, for instance, in Provo, the minimum wind chill uh, in February was 8 degrees. Uh, they've also got some really cool uh, information on just how cold it got in other areas of the state like in uh, let's see i don't know if they have the date on this one february 16th looks like uh randolph utah had a negative 43 bryce canyon negative 29 Wanship, which is uh, up near uh, coville uh, negative 20 degrees uh, salt lake city 11 st george 19 boy st george they must have been feeling the chill that day um, <laughs> so lots of great information on recent weather highlights. And then you move into precipitation is the next section of the report. And th this report has uh, several large sections in it in regards to uh, everything to do with water supply. Um, so there's a quote in the precipitation section um, coming from the water supply forecast a discussion from the National Weather Service where it says, following above average December and January precipitation, February started out unusually dry, with most basins receiving less than 30% of normal precipitation during the first half of the month. The weather pattern became more active around the middle of February. Most basins ended February with near to slightly above normal precipitation as a result of moisture during the last half of the month. Around 10 Snowtel stations, and the Snowtel stations, I forget the abbreviation stands for, but those are the locations where they actually go out and test the snow water equivalent. So that's the snow and water, uh, or snow as it converts to water, and water, how much, how thick it is, how much we're receiving and is being stored in the mountains. Around 10 of the Snowtel stations in Utah are reporting record early March snow water equivalent values, with the majority of Utah Snowtel stations reporting early March SWE, that's snow water equivalent, values that rank in the top five of the station's record and above the 85th percentile. So long and short, we got a lot of SWE, that's snow water equivalent. So I want to pause on this number. We've hit on it before in the podcast. Um, but the snow water equivalent, the reason why it's called that, is you're looking at the total water value in that because different amounts of snow or different, different snowstorms, different snow that falls, has different amounts of moisture in it. It could be very light and fluffy. It could be very wet and dense. So they're measuring the snow water equivalent, which is looking at the full value of water, because you can get really light, fluffy snow that doesn't pack down, and it's 10 feet tall, and it has, I don't know what the correct number would be, but let's say one inch of snow water equivalent, and you can get really thick, heavy snow that's only six inches high and has two inches of snow water equivalent. So that's why they look at the total value of the water for what it's supplying to the state. So this is kind of a cool chart. I really like this one because it highlights where we're at. So there's a couple, well, I should say there's actually a couple of cool ones. Um, but the first one you'll see on there um, is showing, uh, let's see here. So snow water equivalent in the state of Utah, um, it compares 2018 up through 2023. And they check 114 different sites all across the state. And there is a marking for where we're at. Let's see, 2023. We are, so again, at the time of this report, I think they had it updated just a little bit into March 1st is where it last showed it. Um, or actually might be current with today if I remember correctly. Yeah, so current of today, we are actually about to peak 
uh, or not about to peak, sorry. We're about to pass the highest line on that, which is the max we've seen. Um, so that's higher than all years in the last five years for sure. Um, so it's really cool to kind of see how much of an upward trend we are on our snow water equivalent, how much is being accumulated. Um, they have some really cool precipitation comparison charts that show uh, month to month. So October of last year, November, December, and January showing just more and more precipitation coming in. And then there's a great slider that shows um, from February of last year versus February of this year what it looks like across the state. Um, so really cool charts and really cool uh, graphs. Um, one that everybody will be kind of familiar with, you, you always hear like a, a percentage, right? Like a percentage of normal. Uh, KSL has a, a great snowpack page that talks about that. And it's pulling from the Snowtel data. Um, and it shows March 1st last year. Um, let's see. It's uh, for the Provo, Utah, Lake Jordan River Basin of 75 on March 1st of last year. We were 75% of normal. Um, or of average, and as of March 1st of this year, we're 168% of average. So really exciting to see a lot of great snow coming in. Um, really exciting to see that. Now, as far as the water supply outlook, um, that's something where it can be sometimes kind of hard to um, have water managers nail that down because there are so many factors. Obviously, the first factor we've been talking about is how much precipitation do we get? And that can drastically affect how much we get or how much water supply is available, I should say. Uh, the next thing is ground uh, saturation. We talked about that. When the ground is more saturated, there will be more runoff. If the ground is not saturated very much, if there's not already water trapped in the soil, when it melts off, it gets sucked up into the soil. So that will mean less supplied to the reservoirs and such. Another factor is how warm, how warm it gets and how fast. So if we have a nice, slow, steady, increase in temperatures over the next several weeks as we start into spring runoff and i guess i should say months that slow steady increase allows for slow melt off which allows for the water to get into the streams and rivers and reservoirs and lakes and follow its path if it all happens very quickly if we suddenly next week jump into the 60s and we stay there everything's going to melt off super fast it's going to have to be passed from reservoir to reservoir to lake to lake as fast as it can in order to avoid flooding issues um, or issues with the dams and reservoirs and they'll get passed down and then we won't have as much water to last through the remainder of the season and also be held on to in the future if that makes sense so a, a cool spring is very important to having a quality spring runoff and qual uh, uh, better water year through the year so there are some fun graphs that actually show basin by basin across uh, where Central Utah water is. Um, excuse me, that highlights where we're at for the forecast and such. So looking at the chart for for uh, the Provo River Basin, which is our area coming to Utah Lake. Um, and when you look at 2022 and also the median, the average from 1991 to 2020 on how we're looking for... Uh, snow water equivalent and the percent of seasonal uh, normal were way above. I mean, obviously, like I said, we were up at 168 today, I think is where we were at. Um, so you can see on the charts um, that the forecast would be very optimistic of getting a good spring runoff. It doesn't actually specify uh, a number on it. Let me double check here. Oh, we've got one specifically for the Utah Lake drainage group. Perfect. Um, so there's more data on there that you can look at too specific to Utah Lake um, that just references just how much um, 
we are seeing in the forecast coming for a good spring runoff. So I don't have a number here and that could be from my lack of experience in interpreting these reports, but it's definitely looking good, <laughs> looking good to try and increase height to put things in perspective. Um, if you go to our water levels page on our website, we do have a live feed that comes from central Utah water on what the current lake level is at the lake. Um, we are currently at 4.14 feet below full. And if I remember correctly in October, the start of the water year we were actually lower than six feet below full we were like 6.3 if i remember correctly so we've gone up two feet already since october a lot of that is in part due to the rain that came uh lower in the valleys quite a bit that's obviously all runoff that goes into the stormwater drains in the streets and such and makes its way down to the lake and in the lake itself directly um, so snow melt off is obviously starting into becoming a part of that, the snow water equivalent that we have, but we're already up two feet. So we're at 4.14 below full. Um, the last time we hit full, if I remember correctly, was in 2019. Um, we br briefly in uh, June, I think it was, um, hit full. Uh, previous to that, I think was 2011, if I uh, remember the charts correctly that I've looked at before. So definitely looking good for starting into spring runoff. Now, last but not least, they have a section on there called the future forecast, and that's looking at from, excuse me, here into the next couple of months. So uh, this one was issued on February 16th, so it looks into March, April, and May. What's our precipitation outlook look like? So for Utah, our area around Utah Lake, we fall within what's called, referred to as a leaning below average. So we're looking at being, uh, let me look at the percentage here it has somewhere between 30 and 50% below average. So for right now into March, April, and May, we are expecting lower than seasonal precipitation based off of past history and the trends we're on right now, which isn't surprising as well that we would be moving downward in precipitation. Um, but who knows? We may still get some in that might be helpful there with continuing to have a, a good influence on the drought that we have. Um, there's also some great articles they've got on different work that's going on on water. There's a map of the earth, so you can check out the weather information there. So all around a great report to be able to take a look at, understand a little bit more about water supply for where we're at. And as I mentioned, the link that we're going to share in the show notes of the podcast, you can go and click on it where you're, uh, wherever you're viewing the podcast or listening to the podcast. That link will constantly update, so you can bookmark that or save that in your phone, and you can constantly look at, like, constantly, I shouldn't say constantly. Uh, like I said, I think it's quite quarterly, if I remember correctly, that Central Utah Water updates this report. Um, just a very useful tool for helping people to understand what uh, what recent weather data is looking like and what the uh, uh, coming months are going to be. So hopefully we're looking at a good spring runoff at the lake. I mean, we'll come up a couple of feet, I would hope, and uh, hopefully help have that water if there's surplus available as well to go to the Great Salt Lake too, uh, as it's just as neat as, as uh, all the other reservoirs are. Um, but I hope you enjoyed listening to this, learning a little bit more. I know it's a very specific topic. We've had some more um, general topics recently, but I wanted to kind of niche in on this and uh, share an update. Uh, if you've been patiently waiting for episodes, we appreciate you staying on as a listener. I've uh, had a rough couple of weeks with having a sore throat and uh, things have been pretty busy for our staff and trying to compile that. So I appreciate uh, all of our staff's help in making this podcast happen. And stay tuned as we will have updates. Um, today, as I'm recording this, is actually uh, March 15th. And tomorrow is the final governing board meeting of the Utah Lake Commission. Um, the commission will be voting to dissolve as per the Utah Lake Authority Act. Um, the commission needs to dissolve before May 1st. Um, and we were able to pull that off and scheduling to do that tomorrow. 
Uh, so I hope to have an episode in either the next week or week after just featuring some feedback from those who served on the commission, worked with the commission, um, reflecting on the good that has come from all the efforts and the collaboration on the lake and, and thoughts on the future as to how that will move, continue to move forward with the Utah Lake Authority. So thanks so much for listening in. Thanks for listening to Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe so that you can receive notifications each time an episode comes out on Thursday mornings. And if there's something in here that you feel you can share, please post the link online, share with your friends so that everyone else can also learn about the facts, fiction, and fun to do with Utah Lake.